Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another episode of Swings and Mishes. I'm your co-host and producer, Jeremy Taché, joined, as always, by a man currently in a Miami Ace shirt. That would be one Craig Mish. Craig, how you doing on this fine Thursday afternoon? Hey, Jeremy, it's been a while. It's great to be back with you here. Yeah, it's been uh, almost a month since we've done our last podcast, but it is great to be back on the podcast scene. Um, it's been an interesting month of June, nonetheless. I, I, I think I would like to guarantee that we do more than once a, one a month of these. Yes. But it was a kind of a crazy month for me in a lot of different ways, to be honest with you. Um, you know, backtracking, uh, you know, the last three, four weeks, every single day I've been on a on a little league baseball field with my Best. son he's been participating in all these tournaments and i know you went through that as a kid and as yeah. an, an older too it's a summer alliance uh tournament date in broward and miami lakes and you know, oh my gosh all over the place <laughs> and we finally ended the other night it's like and, and it's not that i missed all the marlins games live but i but i was not watching live a number of them and mm. so it's it's kind of hard to be so because i'm so into this and it's so hard because you know I, I feel like I want to give 100% when I'm when I'm giving this, even though I don't tweet all the time and stuff like that. So that's part right, of it. Of and then and then full transparency. Obviously, since the last time we did a podcast, you know they had the clubhouse meeting, and you know some of the reporting, you know honestly went a little sideways. Uh, you know things escalated to a point that I really did not want them to go. Um, you know, and, and, and decided for a few days to take a break that turned into a week, turned into a couple of weeks. And then just with this coinciding, I just was like, let me just take a big pause. So I don't want to sit here and, and mislead anybody into thinking that it was all about just this little league tournament, but that, that was a major part of it in the big pie chart of life. Uh, you know, 80, 85%, you know, my percentages, 85% <laughs> was this, was this little league stuff. Right. And then the 15% was the other. And, and it was, it was just a good time. I thought to take a break. Yes, it did go a little bit longer than I thought. Uh, but now I'm back doing what I normally do and, and should be good for the rest of the season. But you never know after one <laughs> of these, you never know. Maybe well, another break could be coming. You never know. I, hey, I got. I just got to hear how Hayes did in these tournaments. I got to get a quick statistical okay. update, and then and then we'll move to Marlon stuff. I promise. Okay. Okay. So, so this is a little complicated. So he was the youngest one on the team. He's going to be ten years old Monday, okay. July fourth. Yes. And Been there. And he, yeah. And so you know how that goes. So yeah. we're playing Miami Lakes, and it's like, did that kid drive Monsters. to the park? Yep. You know, like I'm like, oh, wait a second here. Like this is. Like... So look, he did. He very much held his own. He did Good. very well. Now during the little league season, he was great. You know, awesome. he was the best players in the league. He was one of the best players on the team. He was the pitcher in the league in the championship Sweet. game. He's a little guy, but the coaches didn't pitch him in this tournament. And, and almost at all for whatever reason. And you know, I, and you would think that like, I'm the guy that's going to get involved. I, <laughs> I sat back, I let right. them do their thing, whatever they want. All of a sudden, Jeremy, we're about to get knocked out because it didn't matter. One of the games didn't no, matter. We had to, to play pitch. a double header. They're like, Oh, let's just throw Hayes in there. 100%. Right. Complete game. One earn run. Awesome. We win 11 one. And then we move on to play uh, the semifinal, the championship game. And then honestly, uh, we did not start Hayes in that final game. <laughs> Started somebody else. He gave up three runs. Hayes came in and got hit a little bit. Let's be honest. It happens. 
he got hit a little bit and we lost and we got knocked down. He was all bummed. Uh, but How fun, man. What a cool experience. It was fun. Though. It was fun. It was fun. He didn't, he didn't hit as much as during the, the rec season as he did. Uh, yeah. You know, in, in the all-stars, he walked a lot, scored a lot, led off at all the games for this team. So That's I mean, look, awesome. it's bright, a bright future for him. I could not be more proud of, of his confidence and sort of where, where that has gone. I'm very fortunate to have a great family. Uh, my wife, my daughter, I have an older daughter and him. And, um, and for those of you who are interested in getting his autograph, he will be on, <laughs> he will be on uh, the field uh, on uh, Tuesday for the angels. Oh, uh, sweet. The, the, yeah. One time, one time a year, we try to do that. And so it is, and you know, not a shocker here, you know, Mike Trout, you know, it's like, you know yeah, like yeah. best player, you know. Makes sense. Show him time. Marlins are great, too. Don't make mistakes. You know, that, that's his team. The Marlins are his team. But Mike Trout comes in, what, twice a decade, Jeremy? You know? Yeah, it's like, I, think it's a, I think it's probably a good time to stop by the ballpark. That's that's what I would say for everybody <laughs> listening to this, is that's a good oh my time gosh. to stop by the ballpark. Tuesday and Wednesday? I cannot I, I don't know what the attendance will be. It probably won't be good, and we'll all just, you know, do the whole attendance thing. But... I mean, Otani, I think Wednesday and Sandy Tuesday. I mean, well, what else do you, could you want? Like that's yeah, gonna regardless of what the records are. That's that's a good series right there. So. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, let's, I guess, get to some baseball right. stuff here. You did okay. have a big story um, this week with uh, Gary Denbo. Yes. No longer with the organization. We will get to that in just a second because yes. you yes. also had a yes. story with the Herald. Um, essentially assessing where the Marlins could be headed with about a month until the trade deadline. So obviously right now they're 34 and 40 with 17 games to play before the All-Star break. Ten of those are against teams under 500. So if you're going to make a run, got to be now. Where do things stand in your mind, Craig, with the Marlins? Yeah, well, I, I think that they're in a in a precarious position because I think that they feel that the team is better than they performed. I think that June would show you that there's some truth to that, but I, but I, but I still am of the opinion and, you know, I don't know if they share this or not. I'm not really sure, but I mean, they really just haven't beat the good teams this year. You know, they just really haven't, they, they've competed against them and they've been within a strike against them in San Diego and Philadelphia. Like, I mean, there's no question those could have gone different ways they just don't have any series wins against teams that they're chasing in the standings. And so, you know, they're going to play Washington and Cincinnati and, and Pittsburgh, and, and that's going to put them back in it. There's no question. It's going to put them back in it, but I, I think you got to be a little careful of, of fool's gold here in the sense that uh, I, I think their, their expectations are going to be met in terms of their record. They seem like a 500 team, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse, but I would hate to think that, by winning so many of these upcoming games that they would like trade prospects to, to make, you know, a, a, some sort of push for this year when we have enough data that shows over the course of this half season that they're a competitive team, but, but haven't been able to close out games. I don't know how that's going to go against the Mets and the Braves and the Phillies. And, and I think they play the Dodgers, you know, like, I don't know how that's going to go in the second half of the season, but I just, I don't know. Like, they almost lost three games of St. Louis here, you know? It's like, these are the teams that they're chasing in Milwaukee. And if they can't beat them, and then they make these trades to put themselves in a better position in August, and that doesn't work just to get that wild card, boy, I don't know. I don't know. They're in a tough spot. I'm glad I don't have to make that uh, <laughs> decision. But uh, thankfully, they've been more competitive and at least keeping 
our interests. As I've always said from the beginning of the season, the best thing about this year, it's the worst thing for some, but Jeremy, the best thing about this year is you really don't know until the ninth inning if they're going to win or lose. And, yeah. and you really can't argue with that's that's a more competitive team. Gosh, I mean, last night, the perfect example of a game that that went all the way until the final moments. You didn't know in the ninth inning on four or five different occasions what was going to happen there. And And look, you're right. They are in a really tough spot to know what's real and what's not going into that second half of the season, particularly, like you said, if, you know, it's about a 500 split and it really is beating up on the bad teams and losing to the better teams. But hey, like you've said from the beginning of the season, the results are the results. And if they're, the if they're there and and in that striking distance, you would hope in some ways to see them be um, aggressive and trying to compete for a postseason spot if that's what they, you know, set out to do this year, particularly with an extra spot. But you're right. It's that yin and yang of those top shelf prospects and knowing whether or not those types of guys, would you be willing to part with them for a run this season? What type of player do you want right. to get back? And that's really the big question is how yeah, aggressive you don't want do to, they get? Yeah, I mean, to, to get rentals for this year, like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, if they were seven games over or six games over and not six games under, I think that that would be a conversation. Mm-hmm. But if they're trickling right around 500 and you're telling me that they're going to give up a top 20 prospect for someone that can help them for two months. Right. I don't know. I don't right. know. Those, it, are the, it those are the calculated moves that doesn't feel doesn't feel like I would strong. do that. But 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 a trade for the future, you know, that can get uh, uh, you know a good player back that exactly. can help them. That's going to be here next year. Yeah, I mean, I like they've done in the past. You know, no issue with that at all. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going back to last night and or uh, what was it Wednesday night? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sandy is uh, Sandy Alcantara is having an unbelievable season his paces for 250 innings pitch Jeremy Amazing. like it is you know they you know it, as good as it is they have got to get some help with this guy like I mean can they continue to just do this every five days with him I mean I guess they can it's the nature it's the nature of the player but it's sort of unprecedented and I get a little nervous sometimes when I see things that I've never seen <laughs> before and and this right. has been when I was growing up watching pitchers pitch, this is what this is what they did. It just doesn't happen now. So I'm like, you know, it'd be nice every once in a while to tell Sandy in the fifth inning, hey, no matter what, we're taking you out after seven because we just got to be careful here a little bit. But <laughs> right. I mean, I guess they don't. I don't know. He has been the single best pitcher in Major League Baseball this season. He should be starting in the All-Star game. All those trades that you go back to back in the day that they got ripped for, I mean, you could make the case at this point that that trade was better than losing the Yelich trade, really. Yep. I mean, he's the best pitcher in baseball and on a great contract, too, like Yelich was on when he was in Miami. So right. it's 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 been a phenomenal run for him. He deserves the shot. Um, you know, Jazz will find out in the next day or two, probably maybe by the time this launches, if he got voted in or not, unfortunately, I personally don't think he's going to be able to play in the, in the all-star game. So it's such a shame. Um, it's yeah, such a yeah. shame. Hope, hopefully if he gets voted in, he's able, I would, I would assume they will allow him to travel and partake Absolutely. in some of these festivities. But again, it could coincide with a rehab assignment with trip with triple a or double a, uh, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like they'll find a way to make that happen. So those will be their two all-stars in, in 20, uh, if jazz makes it in 2022, I think there is a case to be made uh, for Garrett Cooper, who to me has been their most consistent hitter from beginning yeah, to end. Like and thankfully, I'm getting rewarded for four years of saying that this is going to happen <laughs> this year. And people said, yeah, You're crazy. Uh, you know, he's he's as good as a hitter as they have on the team. I know the power numbers haven't been there, but every other number shows how good this player has been. 
Another good trade, by the way, for yeah. Marlins acquiring him. No one can even remember what they gave up for him. I think it was Michael King. Yeah, him and Caleb uh, Smith came back. Another good trade by them. Yep. They get crapped on a lot, but that's that was a, that was a great trade for them. But uh-huh. Cooper, you know, who was, I mean, Jeremy, let's be honest, Cooper is fighting the Harper winning a DH. He's not going to play, so they'll replace right. him. I mean, you have Freddie Freeman. You have Pete Alonzo. You have Matt Olson. You have Reese Hoskins. You, I mean, it's, it's a loaded it's, position. It's, it's tough. It's tough for him to get in. But, but again, you know, hey, you know, things break one way or the other. You never know. Yep. Come July uh, 19th, maybe Coop makes the All-Star game too. Those have been uh, two bright spots. Uh, John Birdie has been a nice bright He's spot for them. Great. No question as well. He's had a great year, no doubt. Um, but yeah, uh, Jeremy, going back to your question, as far as trades go, hmm. uh, you know, just quickly with the Herald, as, as I mentioned in there, Aguilar, I've talked to a lot of people about Aguilar. He has got to play a lot better in the next month to, for them to consider getting anything back. I mean, maybe he's just a hold at this point if they try and stay in this thing. Sure. But it, it just has not been his year. I mean, what, what can you say? Last year, he was amazing. This year, hasn't been amazing. I still think he can help another team. Can he help another team when that team has to take on $3 million payroll to, to wonder? I don't know. Marlins may have to eat the money, maybe something like that, to get the player back. I uh, only plays first base DH. I don't know. Uh, I do expect if they're out of it, I don't know if they will. I expect Anthony Bass to be a very hotly pursued player. I He's believe there already have been some pursuits with him. So I, I and I don't know if they'll trade him or not, but he's been great for them and, and yeah, he he's could, been great he could slide right in and then i think all the left-handed relievers are in play because they're so deep in the minor leagues with players that they mm-hmm. like too they've had a couple of kids one is named simpson the other is nardi in the minor leagues who have done great uh i could see them coming up in the second half of the season so i, I feel like we'll have a much better handle on this jeremy in two weeks we'll do a trade deadline show for right. sure but uh the, the way that i understand it is Firmly, the organization believes July is going to be a determiner as to what they're going to do. So we have to accept that and and move forward based on that. Yeah, I think um, knowing that that's the case maybe also allows to understand this mindset of, hey, Sandy, if you're out there grooving, go get those wins, right? Because if July is the one that's deciding whether or not we're trying to compete or whether we're potentially selling off a couple of pieces. And and in particular, I mean, th- there are other guys, like you've mentioned, that are on this roster that would be valuable pieces to play off teams For if sure. they really do decide. I mean, you mentioned John Birdie, and I, you know, I'm he's such a valuable piece to any type of winning team. He's been so valuable toward the Marlins right. winning a lot in June. I mean, the Marlins yeah. were over 500 in June for a reason, and John Birdie was a lot of it. So yeah, I, I could I could be wrong on that, but I don't think that they will trade him. I'm happy to hear it because I, I love I, having I just, him be a part I, of the I, team. The sense I get is I like, listen when I write when I do something yeah. for the Herald, it comes with some research. Okay. Right. Right. I, I could be wrong. I mean, somebody could overwhelm them for him. I, I personally don't see it. What I see is that that glut of infielders that they have Anderson, uh, Miguel Rojas, uh, John Birdie, Jazz Chisholm, Joey Wendell. OK, mm-hmm. um, that's too many that that that's too many to carry, I, I think, into next season, sure. given the arbitration salaries of these players that are all going to go up. And it's not that they have a ton in the minors either ready. But I feel like of that group, my estimation would be in the offseason, I could see them moving one of those five. That's a lot. That's a lot to have. Yes, it's depth, but it's expensive depth. Anderson, again, a year away, he's going to go to arbitration, free agency. Uh, Joey Wendell, another year of arbitration. John Birdie, another year of arbitration. I mean, uh, Miguel Rojas, $5 I think, for next year. So uh, that's going to be parsed down, in my opinion. I think that 
that's an equation they'll have to fix a little bit. I personally don't think there's enough playing time for all of those because of the way that John Birdie has emerged this year. Absolutely. And and particularly with those corner outfield spots sort of being accounted for, there's not yeah. a lot of room for Brian Anderson to play out there either. So, That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, th- there's been maybe less playing time and, you know, obviously dealing with injuries. But it- it's fair to say that there are a number of major league quality players that are just sort of squeezed out in terms of playing time. I will say just going back to the Sandy uh, part of this real quick, also to mention Maybe there's also a Pablo Lopez appearance in that All-Star game. Potentially, I know a lot of starts so. have been rocky. And nice that, of you to say, but tough. I don't think so. But yeah. uh, with Sandy Al <laughs> with Sandy Alcantara, just going back to him and that mentality, like it's been such a uh, such a fun time to watch him. And you and I have talked about for years, right? You've been so high on Sandy and the pitcher that he would become, and watching him take that step from hey, I'm here and I'm just throwing, to hey, I'm here and I'm pitching. And now, hey, I'm pitching aggressively. And now, hey, I'm pitching and I know no one can touch me. And so to watch him sort of carry that confidence on the mound and grow as like the player and the individual has just been really fun to watch. Like that's the fun thing about having young players who are with the organization make their debuts and stick with the team for a number of years is you get to see that develop and luckily, you know, we know we're now going to see Sandy pitch into his prime here in Miami with, a, you know, five more years on a contract. So. Yeah, you just don't see a lot of pitchers like him yep. that are that are just so going so deep into games without coming out. Yep. Um, and, you know, that's your best weapon against the bullpen, basically, is to not have to see them all the time. He's a like throwback. That. And, and, and again, I've said this before, every five days you know there's a really good – I mean, listen, let's be honest. In terms of odds, every time Sandy's pitching, the Marlins are favored. When was the last time you could say that about this team? Like, they are favored to win every game that he pitches in. You think they're going to win every game. The thing is that that can't happen in July to play the other side of that. They basically can't lose a game he pitches in. Right, right. Because when they do, you're like, oh, boy, here goes the rest of the – what's the rest of the week going to look like, right? right? Like, I mean, that's that's, – it was a while with Sandy and Pablo going like Uh that back and forth. Now Pablo's slipped a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yes, you feel very confident every single time he pitches – and and hopefully Rogers will get back to that. He has not yep. been anything like that at all. Pablo has dipped quite a bit, and then you know they're throwing Castano and and Garrett out there, and it's a little potluck to me, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis. So uh, certainly we'll see. But I think that covers a lot of a lot of the team. Yeah. Uh, Jazz, by the way, is as right. I reported, I, I you know I think it's going to be a couple weeks with him. So um, you know, hopefully right around or after the trade deadline, maybe we'll. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, all-star break. All-star break. Not trade All-Star deadline. Break. That's a month. I don't think yeah. it's going to be that long, but I do think it's going to be longer than 10 days. That's my some, opinion. Some people just gasped in their cars. Yeah, no, no, not that long. Not that long. <laughs> not that long. All right. Well, so let's get now, let's move beyond um, conversations about the roster and move to the news from earlier in the week about yes. Gary Denbo, mm-hmm. the Marlins director of player development, no longer with the club. So a, a few questions here. Um, okay. Well, uh, for, first, first of all, I think everyone should buckle up because this is like story time here on sure. Swings and Mishes. All right. So I will uh, again, I will. This is based. Everything that we're going to talk about here is is based on uh, some opinion, uh, some of my reporting. Obviously, I'm not going to be perfect on everything, but I'm going to kind of share as much as I can with you uh, about from when Gary came in to sort of where we are now and then everything that kind of happened in between. And that will be the, uh, as best I can do. 
Well, so that being said, why don't we actually start right there? Why don't okay. we start at sort of the beginning of this process with Gary Denbo and, and get us to this moment, and then I can follow up with a few okay. questions for you. Yeah, yeah. So look, everything that has been reported previously as far as his hiring is accurate. He was, you know, a, a very uh, close confidant of Derek Jeter. Uh, Derek Jeter gave him. Uh, Derek Jeter credited Gary for, uh, you know, for helping him as a hitter. Uh, Derek respected him a lot when he was with the Yankees. And so when when Derek came in to his role as CEO and uh, as, you know, owner, partial owner, um, he basically empowered Gary Denbo to make a lot of the decisions with the organization from the very beginning and to essentially, Derek said, build, rebuild the organization. So a lot of the folks that are in the front office right now have Gary Denbo uh, to credit for them having their jobs. I mean, this is this is a fact. They have Gary Denbo to credit for developing them as people and as uh, executives in Major League Baseball. And so that's a really important point here. Um, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of positives and a lot of negatives with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take everybody through the whole way, but uh, essentially. You know, Gary comes in, he's got a very high level of accountability with everything that goes on within the organization. Certainly, um, you know, they're they're rebuilding their farm system. They're re they're redoing how they draft, um, you know, and, and again, a lot a lot of the people are all brought in from the Yankees. Yes, under Derek's watch. But, you know, Gary is really the one making all these decisions and making a lot of the decisions, too, in terms of the the major league trades and so forth. And and so, you know, they, they have this this run of, of 2018, 2019. And and this is, you know, sort of going swimmingly along. Look, there are there are a lot of people that don't like Gary. OK, I mean, this is this is this is factual and we'll get into that in a little bit, too. There's, there's a lot of people that Gary rubbed the wrong way, um, you know, so that, so they get through these two years of, 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 you know, this this plan that they have and they get to 2020 and then it's this covid season, you know. And they're and the team's amazing, right? The team hmm. in the sixty game season, amazing is a little strong, but but as an organization, you know they're humming, man. Like right. they're, I mean, they have the, the most adversity of any team probably in Major League Baseball. They they find you know they find all these guys off the scrap heap. Richard Blyer, who is this? Uh, Josh Smith, another Josh Smith. All these guys got COVID. Right. Sixto Sanchez, who's this guy? You know, and and then they're winning, and then they make the postseason, and then they beat the Cubs. You know, and. And, and it's the same people that are right. that are with, you know, it's more or less the same people who were at the organization in year three, 18, 19, yeah. 20. And then they get to the end of the 2020 season. And I and I feel like th that's where it was the beginning of the end for uh, for Gary, for beginning of the end mm -hmm. for Gary, because um, Derek Jeter made the decision at that time to uh, not bring Mike Hill back. And once Mike Hill was not brought back, uh, it was, you know, obviously Derek's decision to hire Kim Eng. And he brings in, in Kim Eng. And I just don't think from that point forward, there was that um, kumbaya feeling ever with, with Gary and Kim. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of other stuff that we could get into with that, certainly. But I would say this in, in um, you know, certainly in Kim's defense and the ownership's defense as far as how this was handled here now. Um, 
there was there was an opportunity, in my opinion, from what I understand, especially after Derek left. I mean, Gary had had the choice kind of to sort of say, all right, you know, Derek's gone. Kim's the boss. I'm going to jump in head first and, you know, we're going to make it work. You know, we're going to make it happen. And I just didn't I didn't never got the sense that Gary did that. I want to I want to double down on that here for a minute. Gary Denbo, who has this reputation of being tough and difficult and and, you know, and 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 listen and verified, by the way, from a lot from a lot of employees who did not like him, from a lot of people outside baseball who thought he was really impossible. This guy was aces to me. Every single time I saw Gary Denbo, this this dude dropped what he was doing to talk to me. Hey, here's this, this A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Listen, did he know that the media was important? Sure. He came from an organization in New York, um, but he was but he always was very, you know, you know, very courteous to me. Very, as as Derek was very first class to me. I did not have that same experience that everybody had. But meanwhile, I'm hearing all the same things. Right. So. But but again, spring training, very noticeably not around this year. I mean, I could not go to a spring training the last five years without seeing Gary on the backfield every single day. And I was like, where's I mean, where's Gary? Like, it's kind of weird. You know, Derek's gone. Where is where's Gary at? I think it was a fair question. And I, I don't know what's been going on, uh, honestly, since it's Derek left with him. I, I don't know because I just have not seen him nearly as much. So it is my estimation kind of once Derek was gone, that was kind of it. And the organization had to move forward. You know, Derek Jeter is no longer the CEO. And if Gary decides, hey, I, 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 I cannot collaborate with Kim, Kim is the boss. And if you cannot collaborate with your boss, it's probably time to go. So there really is nothing to discuss here. It had to happen. Maybe things could have been different. Um, I don't know the answer to that. I never will know the answer to that. But Gary essentially made his choice. This is what he wanted to do. Uh, I'm I'm quite certain that uh, that he'll that he'll be retired at some point soon. That's a very good guess of mine because I had you know heard this previously. He's got grandkids now. I like to spend time with them. He always was holding the, his baby his baby grandkid. I remember mm-hmm. that too. Um, and I, and I don't know. I mean, if he chooses to have a future in baseball, he will. But I, I get the sense that maybe this is it. I don't know. We'll see. Well, it has been an, and was a sort of wild ride through the, you know, the last number of years of sort of going through this build, rebuild, however you would phrase it, that Gary Denbo was a key part of there. So with sort of the dynamics that you've set up here and with what you've laid out, you know, you had Derek Jeter, you had Gary Denbo, you had Kim Ang. Now, two of those three are no longer here. So does that mean in this case that Kim Ang has full 100% control of baseball operations from there? Like, is it 100% from Kim down at this point? I mean, it has been that. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't think that even previously. When when Mike Hill was was in charge, when he was president of the Marlins, um, you know, it was still, you know, Gary inevitably was the one that was making all the key decisions. They essentially would say, um, you know, Mike, uh, you know, Mike, you know, we want to make three plus three, six. OK, that's our job. I'm giving you the layman's terms. We want to make three plus three, six. Mike would say, OK, we're going to make three plus three, six. Thanks a lot. And leave the room. And Mike would go try to make three plus three, six. And that's it. 
And I'm not saying that Gary loved Mike or Mike loved Gary. I mean, I definitely do not think that that was the case either, but they worked for whatever reason, they worked fairly well together. And once that dynamic changed, Mm. uh, you know, that was it. And Derek, listen, inevitably, this was all Derek. This was all Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter made the choice to to not bring back Mike Hill and bring him in Kim Ang. So in the end, when Derek and, and Gary are texting and talking to each other, and and I'm sure they're still really good buddies. I haven't talked to either of them. I'm sure they are. They can go. They can all <laughs> look back on on that as sort right. of the beginning, as to at least from from Gary's perspective, probably why this all happened. But Kim has had full control for a while here. I don't know mm-hmm. why anyone else has it twisted. Right. And and especially by the way, since Derek has left, like every right. single decision is hers. She's the general manager. Everything that you are seeing on the field is Kim Eng. It, it has been that way. It's it's probably been that way most of 2021 as well. Um, you know, right. she's been she's empowered. The manager. Make, yeah, she's the general <laughs> yeah. manager. She's exactly so I, I don't know all of a sudden why it's from this moment. Right. I, I would say if you ask Gary Denbo today how much impact he's had over the last six to eight months, he probably would tell you none. Right. I, that is my guess. He probably would tell you none if huh. you asked him and you got him in a room and nobody else was there. Hey, Gary, how many key decisions did you make in the last six months? I, I bet you that he would say zero. Right. Um, the nature no, of the, the nature of the decision that that has been made once Derek left. That was, right. the, you know, that was basically uh, that was it. You know, no, I mean, that. that's that's why I asked the question. It seems to be like this sort of uh, convoluted thing that's that's been sprung up of who has what where. Um, but in this position, the, the the director of player development, the position that Gary Denbo had, will he be replaced now or will this role sort of disappear? Because, you know, we haven't really heard about a new CEO right at this point of the Marlins. So how how will this work in terms of this position? Yeah, so this is a little bit of a step above the pay grade for Craig Mish here, but I'm going to speculate. Um, I, you know, Eli Sussman did ask me about a new CEO, uh, and, and he wanted me to address that here. I have not heard any word of that again because I do feel like the CEO of, on the baseball side of things, on the op side, is Kim. Now, naturally, I believe, like you and me and everybody else in life, I believe Kim is being evaluated as well this season too. And if the Marlins were to lose every single game from now until the end of the season, maybe then a new CEO comes in. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how that's being judged or evaluated. I'm not sure. But she is being given a full shot to essentially run the baseball ops. Okay, so now as far as uh, Gary's job, I would think that that has to. I mean, you can't continue to keep losing front office members and not replace them in some way. Like, regardless of what you said about Derek, like if you're not going to replace him with with a baseball person to help the organization, you're losing pieces. Right. And you're losing minds and you're losing opinions and you're losing. I mean, you you can't continue to do that. Um, They could very easily and probably, in my opinion, should just literally take DJ Sphillick and put him into Gary Denbo's role. But the question is who would take DJ's Felix role because DJ is involved of the draft and we're three weeks away from the draft. Um, maybe that's something that happens after the season, but I personally feel that he, he you know, he had, he's obviously he's <laughs> came up through with Gary. He's Gary's guy. There's no, you know, all those things are definitely true, but I, I think what, what he has proven without a shadow of a doubt is he has completely reloaded this organization with pitching. The hitting, not so much. Not so much. Let's be honest. Not right. so much. 
Uh, but you can take pitching and get hitting if you choose. I mean, that's that's another way to do it. So that would that would be something that they could consider. I don't know if that's the direction that they're going to go. They also have people uh, in the scouting department, the amateur scouting department that could probably fill DJ shoes or maybe not. Maybe Kim has somebody in mind. I, I don't know the answer to these. I have not had an extended conversation. This is all very fresh. But I, I believe the CEO spot going back to that. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, Gary spot. Yes, I, I, I do believe that that will be replaced in some way. I don't think you can just eliminate that position. It's a big one. And I've also seen some people ask specifically with with Gary Denbo uh, when his contract was supposed to be up to begin with. When was he supposed to be uh, up for either contract renewal or leaving the ball club to begin with? Yeah, he, he his contract was up, if, from my understanding, in 2023. Mm. My understanding is that Derek extended him before uh, he was gone. So sounds familiar to answer to answer that question, Gary, if it is my understanding that he will be paid uh, through 2023, I am not 100 percent. I want to be clear. I am not 100 percent certain on that one. But sure. that is that is sort of my understanding. Um, but postscript here, postscript yes, on exactly. Gary. Let me let me let me let me deliver this here. OK, <laughs> because I've had a, I've had some time now to kind of go back, analyze, speak to people and sort of go over what I think that people will remember for him, from his time here. And I want to make sure that that's illustrated in the right way. So uh, let's do the positives from Gary's tenure. Okay, let's, let's do the positive. Um, the highest level of accountability possible. That's what he brought to the organization, okay? In a lot of different ways. No one was getting away with anything in the organization. And if they did, he found out about it and made it right. There's something to be said for that. There's also a negative with that, which we'll talk about in a minute, but people and players were accountable. Everyone in the organization was accountable and that was the key word. I like that, okay? Now, delivering it, maybe a different way. We'll get to it. Sure. But accountability was a big thing with Gary Denbo. Obviously, goes without saying, I like accountability. So right. I'm, I'm big on that. Um, farm system under his, under his legacy, it's much better than where it was, okay? Mm -hmm. No, when you lose as much as you do, it should be a lot better on the pitching side. If there, there's not a ton on the hitting side, of course, remains to be seen. We're still far out. They did improve the farm system. Easy to do when you lose a lot. I mean, it's not that difficult. You're drafting top five, top 10. Farm system, definitely much better than where it was. Um, Two-part thing. The, uh, the, the uh, facility in the Dominican Republic Everybody in the organization tells me over and over and over again is going to be a game changer for the Marlins. Yeah. It's going to get them access to a lot more kids and a lot more players that are going to come through because they have two teams now and they have a wonderful facility. This is something that they did not have before. Um, that's a big deal. Under Gary, that's what happened. But let's be clear. Ownership paid for that. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, Gary and Derek did not pay for that. The owner did, but you know, team, you know, teamwork there to get that done and, and have that there. That's a big piece of, of also. Um, and then, and then if, listen, if you respect the Marlins organization and the people that are working for them, these are all Gary's people, you know? So, I mean, you could think that the, if you think the organization as a whole is terrible, well then I guess then fine. Then that's, that's what you get with, with this whole Gary Denbo being, being fired uh, thing. Sure. But essentially the people that uh, I think are doing a good job for the most part with the Marlins are all people that more or less people that he brought in. Um, and then it remains to be seen what Kim, how Kim feels about that. And we'll find out, I guess, at the end of the season there. So those sure. are the positives, uh, the negatives, the negatives, uh, short list here with Gary, uh, very abrasive, 
and very intimidating to a lot of people. Mm. Hard to make decisions in the workplace when you're scared of your boss. Very yeah. hard to do that uh, across the board. And, and I think that that is the one part that unfortunately will be remembered most. And it is true. You know, that that is universally what has been said to me by a lot of people, past and present, very difficult person to uh, to deal with uh, inside and out of the organization. Uh, very old school in his ways. We're in a new day of baseball now, you know, like treating the 18 year olds, um, you know, like like they're in high school development camps, things of that nature. Yes, there's a level of accountability. But hey, man, like there's. You know, kids are going to be kids now and the game is changing and changing for the positive. You either got to get on board with that or you got to get out of the game. You know, that's that's the nature of what this is going to be. You got to let the little things go. You know, the level of accountability with a 32 year old player is a lot different than one of 19. And you ain't you ain't going to make the guy the guy that's 19 feel better about you. This is not when Derek Jeter came up in 1993 anymore. It's a completely different game. And baseball is trying to encourage different things. He was very old school in that way. And um you know, and the biggest negative of all, unfortunately, was his inability really to make it work with Kim. I mean, that's that's mm. when it comes down to it. Uh, I, I don't know that he would have survived all this with Derek being uh, gone. I, I probably not. But regardless of that, don't know that a genuine effort was made to, mm. um, you know, to get with Kim to just to just say, hey, like, you know, I get it. But like uh, but, you know, and that's unfortunate because, I mean, like Gary really did help like get this even if you guys think it all stinks like he he helped them get this to where it is sure and now it's done and now it's done and why is it done because you can't get along with something oh man like that's just a bummer so you know kim had to make that decision like it's a fair decision on her part to be honest, it really like is tough to a tough one but it was i mean it's i mean what are you gonna do i mean i can't work with this guy and he's like my number two yeah, like gotta... I mean, that's that's an that's an impossible position to be put in and the right decision is made there if that's the case especially based off of the the type of personality that you're dealing with there what you're talking about in terms of the workplace environment it's just not the type of uh, it's very it's very tough and, and yeah, listen all right and, and again it's uh it's very hard to do these podcasts, man, because it's like, yeah. I think that people rely on me for this sort of stuff and not everyone is going to be happy, um, you know, with the way that, that I report, <laughs> I've learned that, mm-hmm. um, and the way, and the way that I'm going to do this stuff, but, but this is as real as I can get with, with the information that, that I have been given. And, and certainly I don't wish anybody getting fired. I mean, that, you no. gotta be, and a lot of people are like on social media, Oh, he's gone and that's great or whatever. Like, I mean, the guy's a human being, too. And maybe a lot of people don't think he is a human being, but he, he's a human being, too. And and I can also add to this at the end. I've had very little relationship from beginning to end with Gary Denbo. Very little. I could sit I could sit here and do all of the negatives that everybody wants to hear. But, you know, what's the point? Like, I, I, I think that this is exactly what should have been done. I, yeah. I totally I'm in favor of what Kim and the ownership group and how they handle this particular situation. Yep. Because, because it, it, it struck me. I'm a very, I have that spidey sense when it comes to baseball, obviously this is why I'm breaking all the news all the time. <laughs> and I, and, and I was with Hayes and I was on that spring training field, like all the time, Jeremy and, and right. Hayes likes watching the backfields more than he did the major leagues. And what I kept thinking, where in the world is Gary Dempo? What is right. going on here? And oh yeah, he's scouting. Or he's I mean, come on, man. Right. I know I know what's going on here, you know. And you start asking enough people and they're like, Yeah, well, you know, they're gone, you know, who who knows? And it's a shame. It's a shame. But again, 
that's how we'll close it out here. Hopefully I gave people a little bit of a uh, peek behind the curtain. The one thing that I would add at the end, this has been a long podcast. I wonder if Gary is still on board here. If Mike Hill is still uh, president and general mm. manager of baseball operations, maybe not. Maybe it's an apples and oranges conversation. No indictment. No, nothing indictment on Kim at all in this right, particular no, story. It has nothing not. to do with that. I just wonder had that not flipped and the organization sort of flipped on its head after that season, what that would have looked like now. I don't know that Derek Jeter would have been here regardless. Right. I wonder if Gary um, would have, I wonder if things would have been different. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll never know the answer to that, but again, I'd leave you with that. Make makes you think about that, that, that decision that was made at that time. This was a lot of information. We got a lot of stuff out there today. Uh, this was fun. I had fun. I hope you had fun. I hope you listeners had fun uh, listening to this episode. And this will be my last podcast. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. No, uh, it's good uh, to know where things stand as we head into July. Obviously, the uh, Marlins are taking on the Nats this weekend. Um, I will do just a totally selfish plug here for one second. I talked to Sandy Alcantara on Miami Mike All right. morning. I hope you guys listen, enjoy it, whatever. Uh, and Craig, as always, this was a blast. Everybody go follow us at Craig Mish on Twitter, at Jeremy Tache, uh, at Swings and Mishes, and enjoy July baseball with the Miami Marlins. <laughs>